Hello, I'm Todd Starnes. I have the privilege to be the pastor of Odessa First Assembly. Thank you for joining us for our podcast. This podcast is part five and the final sermon of our series, Anchor. It's entitled Anchored in Truth. If you'd like more information about us, just go to odessafirst.com or any of the social media platforms. We hope that this message is an encouragement to you. God bless you. I don't know about you, but I, I'm somebody that, as we've been going through this series, I've just really I've, I've been reminded of how much that I love storms. I do. I, and like the, the bigger, the louder, the scarier, the better to me. I love it. Matter of fact, most every night, um, at some point, just to kind of uh, you know, calm down a little bit, is uh, I'll, I'll put my AirPods in and, and um, I listen to storms because we don't, it's been a while since we've had a really, really good one. And so, you know, you got to do it that way. But I, even growing up, I remember as a kid, um, we had this front porch at our house, and, and we had a, we had a, a swinging porch, a swing, not, swing, not a swinging porch, that'd be kind of weird, but it's a swing, a swinging swing, a porch swing. And uh, thank you. We would, uh, and I, man, we'd watch those storms come in. And um, even as a kid, my, one of my close friends, his dad was a sheriff. Uh, there in Big Lake, and we would, he would go out and like spots, you know, tornado spot, you know, so they could warn the town and stuff like that, and we'd go out with him, and I mean, camp, even camp was one of the, the be- I mean, some of the best storms happen at camp, and I, I love it. One time, years ago, we were as a kid's camp, had a really bad storm come in. God, it was really moving, and that's what ha- we had problems with our tech this morning, just kind of everything froze up. We had to restart the stream and restart all the presentation everything and I just love technology wow yes but anyway this storm came in and we and it was like kind of at that that pinnacle of God really doing something in that service lost all the power lost the sound system lost the lights but I, those kids it did they didn't even miss a beat they just kept going after God kept and and the song that interesting enough when, when I can't uh one of the, the song that was playing was something about our God reigns or so I can't exactly remember, but they kept singing and and so we were so eventually what we did we just opened up the bay doors and parked all the church vans so the headlights could come in the tabernacle and and to date as as much as I can remember I mean the altar service I mean they lingered it was like four five I mean it was like three o'clock in the morning before we went to and it, that was kids that was kids and I it, it, it was awesome to be a part of and. Um, you know, I, I, I know this week a, a storm hit, and we want to pray for Puerto Rico. Fiona hit Puerto Rico. We want to pray for them. And, uh, and I, 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 I bring that up to say this, is that if there is ever a storm, a, um, a natural disaster, we are big believers and supporters of Convoy of Hope. And I'm going to tell you, there's lots of organi- there's lots of good organizations, and I and that's fine. But if you're ever looking for a place to give, you can trust Convoy of Hope. And matter of fact, e- when something happens, like even Fiona hitting um, Puerto Rico, they were already ready before the storm hit. And so even before Samaritan's Purse or the United Way or so many organizations, they are. I mean, they they're boots on the ground. I mean, as soon as the coast is clear enough for first responders to get in. So I, I do want to plug um, uh, uh, 
kind of way of hope just really quick. But when we go through storms, something I have, there, there's just a few thoughts that I had that I just kind of wanted to wrap this series up. And, and we'll get to our text in just a moment. It's more kind of the middle of the sermon, so just hold tight. But the first thing is this, is that storms tempt us to think that we're getting what we deserve. Storms tempt us to think that we're getting what we deserve. <laughs> and, and so some of you maybe have seen some of these pictures. I have a, a couple of pictures to show you. Just kind of, I think the first one is that kind of that pathway. Is that the pathway of a tornado that went through? Is that there in the back, our slide people? Is that there? Yeah, there we go. And uh, you can see the path of, I don't know if you've ever been in a tornado. I've been in a couple of tornadoes. And uh, I was in a really bad, I don't know if you remember, years ago, there was a really bad one in Sweetwater. And I was, happening, I was driving on I-20 when that hit Sweetwater. It was really bad. And uh, we were, and, and, you know, smart me thinking I was doing, you know. Uh, anyway, we were trying to find shelter, but I just happened to find shelter right in the path of it <laughs> instead of away from it. And, uh, but, I mean, people were, I mean, they were so, I mean, I, we were in some kind of fast food place. And, I mean, people, I'd never seen anything like it. I mean, I'm like 19, 20 years. I had just come to faith. And I was going to Knox City to see my parents. And, I mean, people were freaking, I mean, they thought, like, life was over. I mean, it was like the, I mean, you would think they were on a ship sinking. And uh, I said, hey, if you're really scared, just come here. And, I mean, people came over by me. And so here I'm, I mean, this, this teenage kid that just came to faith and just really started speaking peace. And, and actually, I, I gave an altar call. <laughs> and I was like, if you really think that this is it for you, then maybe you need to get saved. And uh, anyway, so, but I, you know, sometimes you wonder, you see that path, and I, want, I, I was thinking, I wonder those houses that destroyed, like, looking, I don't know if you see that blue roof right there. You know, their neighbor looking at them and saying, why didn't it get their house? Uh, show the next one. This one is a kind of a famous one from Katrina. And uh, of the lone house that was standing when that came in years ago. And you can see this, the, the dev, this is, I mean, that's the beachfront, they're right there. And that house, and, and not only that, but look, the house behind it is still standing. And, and interestingly enough, they actually engineered that house to withstand hurricanes. And so there were some engineering feats into that. But still, the, you see all the destruction around it. There's that yellow house there and then... You know, but I think sometimes when we go through storms, there's some of us that are wired, we're like, I did something wrong. I did something to deserve this. I, there's a friend of mine, and uh, so often we'd have conversations, and I ask him, hey, how are things going? He said, you know, they're going well, but I hate to say they're going well. I'm like, why do you hate to say that things are going well? He said, because if I say they're going well, then something bad's going to happen. And that's the way a lot of people live their life. But I'm going to tell you what Scripture says. In Psalms 103, verse 10, it says, He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not. Everybody say not. 
deal harshly with us as we what? As we deserve. For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. He has removed our sin as far as the east is from the west. I love that passage, but listen to me. You, I, just to, in case nobody's told you recently, you're not perfect. Did you know that? You, you're not perfect. You don't get it right all the time. I am sure there's somebody in this room that just accidentally lost their temper this week. That this, you know, it just happened, you know, it's everybody else's fault. But I, I want you to know, we can get in this rut, in this place in life, and the, 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 maybe it was a way that we were raised of things, of, of uh, uh, curses that we feel like were spoken over us, or, or the attack of the enemy. But listen to me. It rains on the righteous and the unrighteous. We all go through storms in life. What you need to know is you don't go through it because you deserve it. You go through it, that's because we live in a fallen world. Now listen to me, if you are a believer, yes, that is true. But if you're not a believer, you may be going through a storm in life because God is trying to lead you to a place of repentance. But I want you to know that God's declaration over you, he de- yes, we deserve the wrath of God. I don't know if you realize that or not. We deserve it. But there was a man that was fully God that took our place on the cross and took our curse upon himself. I mean, a few weeks ago, I talked about, I would encourage you if you have not watched it, I, we kind of did a, a few weeks of uh, apologetics and a, kind of a summer Wednesday night series, and I did a night on why does God allow suffering. You can find that on YouTube. I'd encourage you to do that, but sometimes we need a shift in our thinking. You need, and these are so simple, but it's truth that you need to get into your spirit. Especially if you believe the difficulties in life you're going through, you deserve them. Now listen, we all make choices that not may be the best choices, and sometimes we reap a harvest because of those choices. But listen to me, you need to believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that God loves you. I, I know that it's so like elementary and, and simple, but God loves you. He loves you. God sees the real you and still loves you. Do you know? I mean, we can fool some of the people some of the time, and I forget how that, anyway, however it goes, but you know what? We can never get away from God in His presence. He sees us at our best. He sees us at our worst. He sees us when nobody else sees us. And he sees you and he still loves you. And God is not out to get you. God is not out to get you. Does anybody remember the movie The Shining? Anybody? Probably there's, you know, there may be a whole generation that don't. I'm not telling you, don't go rent it. (laughs) You'll have nightmares. Um... But I, I remember as a kid, you know, and I grew up kind of in a, at a, in a season where the church I was in was pretty legalistic and um, I, I would dare say even maybe scare tactics at time. And, and so when the book came out, The Shining, I remember 
um, our, uh, some church leaders t- telling a story about this young this girl that was reading The Shining in her bed, and then lightning struck and came through the roof and struck on her bed and killed her. And uh, I wish Snoops was back then. <laughs> Maybe we could research that now. I don't know. But, it, you know, for years I was like, you know, man, don't, you know, uh, I, you got to watch how you do it. God just might strike you, you know. That is not God. That is not God. That is not who he is. Now, there will be a time where the wrath of God is poured out upon this earth. That's going to happen during the tribulation. Listen to me. That's not now. God is not looking to get you. Number two is this. Storms tempt us to blame God. We, you know, humanity, we are good at pointing fingers. It's, it's their fault. It's their fault. It's, it's their fault. Everybody, everybody get your pointer ready. All right, everybody get your pointer. And I, I know this is rude, but I want you to point it at somebody. So just point it at somebody. And the thing we always got to remember is, right, we may be pointing a finger at somebody else, but how many are pointing back at us? <laughs> That's what we got to remember. Storms tempt us to blame God. We're good at pointing fingers. We're good at blaming others. And God is not immune to that from us. Some of us use it as an excuse to not come to faith that God, that that if God can't, if God would allow these terrible things to happen, then he can't be a good God. Storms tempt us to blame God. But listen to me. I'm going to say it again. We live in a world that is fallen. And there's a lot of terrible things that happen in this world. And it's because sin has entered this world. But I'm going to tell you something else. We may not be immune, completely immune to the impact of sin around us. But God still says, greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. God still says that you can be more than a conqueror. You can rise above it. And it may even come near and impact you. But I'm going to tell you, if you will just depend on God and him being your shelter, you'll make it through. We have a tendency to put ourselves in God's shoes. Those are shoes that you can never fill. You know, if I were God, I would do this. If I were God, I would do that. Well, the Bible says it's not a crutch. It's not, um, you know, just a, a scapegoat. But when you come to faith and you're growing in your faith, you're maturing in your faith, you realize that God's ways are higher than your ways. Yes, the Bible tells us that, but you you realize the, the truth of it. His ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts higher than our thoughts. God is sovereign over all things. Does not mean that in his sovereignty that he causes evil things to happen. What it does, do you know what sovereignty means? Sovereignty means that God sovereignly reigns. You know, when, when something is happening on planet earth, God doesn't call up the deacons, they're not on the agenda and say, let's take a vote. God sovereignly rules, he's sovereign. And God has sovereignty. He doesn't cause the storms 
to happen, but what he does do can bring the good out of the storm. Romans 11.36 tells us, For everything comes from him and exists by his power and is intended for his glory. All glory to him forever. Amen. God is sovereign over it all and he'll bring the good. He stands directly behind every good Gift. Listen to what the Bible says. James, we're kind of we're gonna go James 1:17 and then immediately read James 1:13. It says, But whatever is good and perfect is a gift coming down to us from who? From God our Father, who created all the lights of heaven. He never changes or never casts a shadow. James 1:13. And remember, when you're being tempted, do not say that God is tempting me. God is never tempted to do wrong. He never tempts anyone else. Sometimes storms want us to blame God. But what we have to do is realize that God, regardless of what the storm is, that God can bring the good out of it. All things work together for good. We love Romans 8, 28. But it doesn't mean that everything that happens is going to be good, but whatever does happen, God can turn it for good. Storms also, they tempt us to quit. I, I post this on social media, and I, you know, this is a, a little arguable. I, I, I agree with that, but I, you know, I, I still love the quote. But a man once said, you know the measure of a man about what makes him quick. And actually, the guy that I heard that from is there in a blue shirt on the second row over here. I heard that from Jeremy DeWitt. And uh, a couple of years, a couple of three years ago, I'd got myself in a little bind. Pastor does that sometimes. And so I took on a side job. And that side job was uh, becoming a stand supervisor for a firework company over the, four, you know, we had, a, we had our store, but I did something else on the side, and I was, I was the, I forget what my title was, but what I did, I delivered fireworks to all the stands and collected money, and uh, I'm going to tell you, it, it uh, 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 they, I, I, took, I took it hook, line, and sinker from that company. Has anybody ever been told something, you're like, this is not what they told me? Anyway, I, I was, I was, yeah, it was, it, it, anyway, it was brutal. I, Chris helped me out, uh, uh, Chase helped me out, and, and Jeremy one day, I mean, Jeremy spent the day with me, and, and he, and one time he told me that, he said, well, you know, measure of a man is by what makes him quit, and there are reasons that God allows us to go through those storms. Instead of delivering you from the hard season you're in, God might be delivering you through it. And now listen, there's sometimes storms, I mean, they, they, there's a result because of them. Maybe God is working that repentance in us. Maybe, maybe we're, we're, we haven't come to faith. Maybe we're being stubborn in our faith. Maybe God has told us to do something or go in a direction and we're, I want to say resistant, but I'm going to be a little more direct and say rebelling. Listen, that will lead you straight into a storm, not because of God's design, but because of our stubbornness. But maybe sometimes even storms, yes, they, storms will bring a course change sometimes in life. I mean, if you think about a ship out at sea, 
and the boat's heading into a storm, the logical thing is what? To change directions to miss the storm. But I'm going to tell you something else. The Bible says don't grow weary in doing well, for in due season you'll reap a harvest. I, I know that I've said this a couple of times in this series, but Tom Barnett, he always said that if you hold on, you need to hold on to a dream for seven years before you'll see it come to pass. And during that seven years, you'll go through difficulties, you'll go through trials, you'll even go through dead ends where you think that vision will never come to pass. But hold on, if you keep the dream and you stay steady, you mend the helm, you'll see your dream, your vision come to pass. So sometimes you've got to weather that storm and not quit, but know that God's going to bring a harvest because of it. And yes, that takes prayer, that takes fasting, that takes discernment to know the voice of the Lord. But this, I love this verse in 2 Chronicles 15, 7. But as for you, be strong and courageous, for your work will be rewarded. We'll be rewarded. So listen, what we're setting up here is those are the lies of the storm. The lies of the storm is that they're going to tempt you to blame God. The lies of the storm is they're going to tempt you to believe that it's your fault and you deserve what you're going through. That the, the, the storm is going to tempt you to, um, uh, that you get what you deserve, that, that to blame God, that uh, to tempt you to quit. But we want to talk about being anchored in the truth. What is, what is the truth of storms and why we go through them? Listen to me. When you're going through a storm, what I want to, what I got, first got to begin with is this, is don't trust your emotions. Don't trust your emotions. My mom taught me years ago something very valuable that I have held on to my entire adult life. She told me, never make a decision when I was in extreme emotion, whether super excited or super low. She told me, never make a decision when I was hungry. <laughs> hey, it's just being real, guys. And never make a decision when you're exhausted. Because in any one of those given areas, if you make a decision during that time, then what you're doing, you're making a decision based on your emotion. And the Bible tells us in 2 Corinthians 5, 7, for we live by believing and not by seeing. We walk by faith and not by what? We walk by faith and not by sight. And when you're in the middle of the storm, it will distort your emotions and you will not be able to see clearly. Has anybody ever been in a storm where it was, I've been in several, where it was so bad, it was raining so hard, we had to pull off the road and just wait. Why? Because the wipers were not keeping up and it was at night and we couldn't see and you cannot, in that moment, trust your emotions by what you think you don't see. Are you following me this morning? 
Don't trust your emotions. Our life is lived by faith. We don't live by what we see in front of us. We live by what we know that's in front of us and that God is leading, that God is directing. The Bible says that we are in a race and we're pressing toward a mark, a place, a high calling. And all of us may not exactly see that place yet. And so if you're in the storm and you don't see the finish line, don't give up, don't quit, and don't trust your emotions. I mean, we will ride the roller coaster of emotions. I mean, we go through seasons. Man, you know, God's pouring out. I mean, my relationship with God is so strong. And we can wake up on Monday morning and believe that God hates us. Because we're trusting our emotions. We can go through moments where I feel like God is just working, stirring. I remember going through this season in my life, and uh, we were traveling a lot, seeing God do some amazing things. And I just remember there was an extended season. I was like, God, you know, I, I, I mean, I was just really, really, this was in my 30s, and I was just really longing for heaven, not out of some weird thing or that I, you know, was ready for life to be over anything like that. I mean, there was this God doing this work in my heart and I was like, I was long, I don't know if you've ever just really longed for something, but I was longing for heaven. I mean, and it came through when I was preaching and when I was talking to people, I mean, I was just like a broken record. I cannot, and I I still believe that and I still feel that, but I don't feel it. I don't feel it. As deeply as I did during that season. That doesn't mean that there's something wrong with me. I still believe by faith there's going to be the rapture of the church. I still believe by faith that when I draw my last breath, if the Lord tarries, that I'm going to be reunited with him in heaven. I believe those things and I long for those things, but I don't do it based on emotion. I mean, we go through difficult times sometimes and... You know, we feel spiritually dry, we don't understand, we think we can't hear God's voice, we, we feel like that our prayers are hitting, anybody remember that expression, Hit, you know, the heavens are brass, anybody ever heard that before? We're trying to pray and they're, they're not getting past the ceiling, listen, you can't go based by what you feel, emotions at some point, listen, this is in your notes, it's going to be on the screen, you got to write this down, emotions at some point will betray you emotions at some point will betray you and I'm going to add this in there even when you think you're doing right because we walk by faith but I'm going to tell you also the truth of a storm is that truth is going to get you through the storm and so what about truth very quickly this morning God uses storms to bring, we're going to love this word, we're going to love this one, discipline. God uses storms to bring discipline. But see, I, I know that's not, um, uh, you know, I, I remember very vividly the last time I, I gave, I'm, I'm going to say we are parents that believe in whoopings, not spankings, we, we did whoopings. And I remember, I remember Shaylee getting her last whooping. And she thought she was too big. She thought she was too big. And she found out she was not too big. And she said, Daddy, I can't believe you spanked me. I was like, honey, you'll never be too big as far as I'm concerned. 
I, I, we're in that little house in Afton, Texas. It was before we moved here. There's been a few times I've told us, like, honey, you're, you're getting close. But listen, God uses storms to bring discipline. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 11, my child, don't reject the Lord's discipline. And don't get upset when he corrects you. I, I'll need to quote this next. Chase has got a spanking coming, I think, a whooping. Huh? So, I'm, just remember, Chase, that don't be upset. Chase has an hilarious story about fixing to get a whooping from granddaddy, him and Logan. And y'all put books, I can't <laughs> you know, thinking grand, granddaddy started laughing so hard, I don't think they actually got the whoopings, but uh, verse 12, for the Lord corrects those he loves, just as a father corrects a child whom he delights. There's a New Testament portion of scripture that maybe we're familiar with, and it says, and have you forgotten the encouraging words that God spoke to you as his children? He said, my child, don't make light of the Lord's discipline. And don't give up when he corrects you. For the Lord disciplines those he what? He loves. He punishes each one he accepts as his child. And this word disciplined, I really want you to catch this. This word discipline, it's not about necessarily Rebuke and correction, that is part of the word, but you go back and you do the word studies, that's part of it. Rebuke and correction, but there's also another avenue of what that word means, and it's simply training and guiding instructions. See, so many times we receive it, what, you know, Lord, why, you know, why am I going through this? Are you, you know, why do I got to, you know, this discipline, why, you know, I mean, I hate to say it this way because I don't want anybody walking out thinking this is what God does, but God, why are you whooping me? I mean, I know sometimes I've, you know, I've, I've gotten something in my head, in my head, and got pretty rebellious to the Lord, and the Holy Spirit gets a hold of it. He starts convicting you. Is there anybody, like, I mean, you know, I mean, those, those things are okay to experience, but uh, so, you know, the Lord, it's not just about, you know, the way we perceive it that way, but he is trying to guide you where you need to be. He's trying to direct those steps and trying to get you into that right place because sometimes storms do what? They change our direction. And the Bible says it gives us encouragement. Don't make light of it. Don't be oversensitive. How do we know whether the difficult times we face are part of the discipline of the Lord or something else. I mean, one example might be that the result of our own foolish decisions or behavior or the attacks of the enemy. Listen, don't get so hung up or caught up in that question because it will drive you crazy. Think of it more like this. Whatever the storm is, regardless of the source of the difficulties, God can use them for growth. You may have made a bad decision, but as you turn back to God, God's going to use it for his good. You may be in the middle of a spiritual warfare storm and the enemy is attacking you. God is going to use it for growth. You follow me? I, this, I, I, my... Um, sister dropped by this, this last week, just 
very quickly. We just had a conversation. It's out in the foyer. She, she, she lives in Midland but works at the hospital here. And, and uh, it, it just had an amazing, but we were talking about, if you, if you don't know, years ago, um, my, her husband, my brother-in-law, he passed away of Lou Gehrig's disease. And so we were talking through some things, and she started talking about this, some nuggets I had never heard before that he had shared with her. And here he was at the height of his disease. I mean, um, he, wasn't, he never had to go on a ventilator. He never had to have like a feeding tube like that. But, I mean, pretty much from the neck down, he was paralyzed. And just what that disease does, causes the waste away. And she was, she was talking about these, just these different statements that Jay made and these nuggets. And I thought it was like, it's amazing to me in the middle of that struggle that y'all were in, that he would still have that outlook and could give, give those pearls of, pearls of wisdom. Listen to me. Whatever you're going through, God can use it for growth. He can speak wisdom into your life. I like what A.W. Tozer said. A.W. Tozer said this. He said, what comes into our minds when we think about God is the most important thing about us. What comes in our mind when we think about God is the most important thing about us. And he was talking about what happens. What do you think about God when you go through the storm? So our text, I told you Matthew 17, but it's Matthew 14. And so we're going to look really close. Have you ever had, have you ever had a, a text in, in the closing? That's what, I hadn't either. Never done this, never heard it this way, but that's how we're going to do it. Matthew 14, beginning in verse 22, we've referred to this several times. This account several times. But Matthew 14, 22, I want to look at it just very quickly and draw some things out. Immediately, he made the disciples get in the boat before him. Remember, they had just fed the 5,000. They just, you know, and he sent them to the boat knowing, remember we talked about this last week, and knowing that they were going to go into the storm, he went to a place and prayed. Verse 23, after he had dismissed the crowds, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when the evening came, he was there alone. And I, this just leapt out at me. Um, I've got to hold that thought. Verse 24, but the boat by the time was a long way from the land, beaten by the waves, for the wind was against them. And you remember the disciples are in the boat. And the fourth watch of the night, so I, I think that's about 3, 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning, something like that. And when the fourth watch of the night, he came to them walking on the sea. And so here's Jesus, right? And he tells them to get in the boat. And, and he knows they're going to go in the storm, but they go into the storm. They're freaked out. He's been praying. And I, I don't think that's a small matter. What did Jesus do before he walked out in the storm? He prayed. Isn't that so simple? I'm going to tell you, I, don't miss the prayer time. When things are going well, that's not the time to stop praying. When things are going bad, that's not the time to stop praying. But Jesus spent that time in prayer. He walk, and so he's walking on top of you know, the winds and the waves and everything going on. Verse 26, the disciples saw him walking on the sea where they were terrified and said, It's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. I mean, they were no, I mean they're being driven by their emotion. Verse 27, but immediately Jesus spoke to them, Take heart. It is I, don't be afraid. Verse 28, right? This is the emphasis. This is the part of the scripture we all know. And Peter answered him, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to the water. 
He said, come. So Peter got out of the boat, and he walked on the water, and he came to Jesus. Verse 30, but what happens? He gets his eyes off Jesus, gets it on the storm, but when he saw the wind, how do you see the wind? We see the effects of the wind, but Scripture says he saw the wind. You think sometimes we see something that's not there? Oh, snap. that was tweetable. That was a good one. That just came out of nowhere. <laughs> that was free. You're welcome. Sometimes, it ha- you know, every, every squirrel finds a nut every once in a while. Some of you will get that in a second. That's an old redneck joke. Lord, if it's you, command me to come to the water. And he said, come, Peter, go out of the boat, walked on the water, and came to Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Are our fears really founded? I think, some, I think probably majority of the time than we think, we're afraid of something, we're stressed out about something, we're anxious about something that's never going to happen anyway. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid. Verse 3, when Jesus immediately reached out, and who was there to take hold of him? Jesus was right there in the storm with him, even though that Peter got his eyes off of him and on the storm. Jesus still saw him and was there. Oh, that's good, church. I'm not trying to be weird. That just, man, that hits me. Oh, if you little faith, why do you doubt? Verse 32, and when they got in the boat, the wind ceased, and those in the boat worshiped him, saying, truly, you are the Son of God. There's this man by the name of F.B. Meyer, and he said this. He uses the element we dread as the path to his approach. The waves were endangering the boat, but Jesus walked on them. And our lives are people and circumstances we dread, but it is through these that the greatest blessing of our lives will come if we look through them to Christ. I think that's worth to say again. He uses the element we dread as the path for his approach. The ways are endangering the boat, but Jesus walked on them in our lives are people and circumstances we dread. Sometimes you dread people. Let's just be real. But it is through these that the greatest blessing of our lives will come if we look through them to Christ. And so what do we do? Listen, I've, if I've hammered, pray, your Bibles, that foundation. We talk about the firm foundation, our house being built, being that wise man and wise man and the having the firm foundation and not being the foolish man on the sand, you know, digging deep to make that foundation. Listen, whether things are going well for you, but especially if you feel like you're in the storm, I'm going to leave you with this one last point. It is this. Offer a sacrifice of praise. Uh, Listen, church, we need to be a people that learns how to worship. We need to be a people that know how to be thankful when we feel like our emotions tell us there's nothing to be thankful for. Offer, and sometimes that's exactly what it is. It's offering a sacrifice of praise. Praise. Hebrews 13, 15. I, I know many of you in the room are familiar with this verse. 
Therefore, let us offer through Jesus a continual sacrifice of praise to God, proclaiming our allegiance to his name. When you are in this storm, listen, if you don't want to, you know, you can either point it towards you and magnify you where you think you're the reason that it's your fault, you deserve what you're going through, or you can, that storm's happening and, and you can God, if you were a loving God, you wouldn't be allowing this to happen. God, if you're a loving, if you really cared about me, this bad stuff wouldn't be happening. Come on, somebody. If, if, if God, I, because these storms keep happening in my life, I'm done. I'm walking out. I'm through with this. But we know the reality. It, we're not necessarily in the storm because... We're saved. We're in the storm because it's life. Remember last week, either you're coming out of one, you're in one, or you're about to be in one. You're just, it's just part of life that we go through. But regardless of where you are in the process, if you worship God, do you remember, I have said this so many times over the last nine years, and I'm going to say it again, and as long as I'm here, you're going to hear it that many more times. When you worship God, you are making him bigger. The, the way the scripture says that is, you're magnifying him. You're not magnifying you. You're not magnifying your circumstance. You're giving glory to him because he's the one that measures the universe by the span of his hands. When the scripture says, we magnify you, oh God, what we're saying is, God, it is you and you alone that is above every problem, every storm, every situation, every difficulty. And I know that through this, whatever the battle that I'm in, I can worship my way through this, and you are going to bring the victory somehow, some way. Even if it takes you reaching down and pulling me out of the wave. Would you stand with me this morning? Sometimes praising God is... Sacrifice, that word sacrifice, that word sacrifice, it, it has a very distinct meaning. It means to kill or slaughter for a purpose. Praise often requires that we kill our pride. We kill the fear. We kill the laziness. Anything that threatens or diminishes or interferes with our worship to the Lord we need to get rid of it. We need to get rid of it. I just want everyone in this room to close your eyes just for a moment. Once again, thank you for joining us for our podcast. Remember, if you want information about us, just go to odessafirst.com or any of the social media platforms. If you would, take the time to like, share this podcast to your social media. We'd greatly appreciate it. God bless you.